0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. I'll be making
1: a case that apart from sin, apart from ignorance, apart from our poor choices, the real problem that we'll face as believers is not the devil but our stubborn will insisting on having our way the Bible tells us a very interesting verse of the scripture in Isaiah 30 Isaiah 30 verse 15 it said, for thus says the Lord the Holy One of Israel in returning and rests shall ye be saved in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength but look at the last statement it said, but you will not so in other words, it's not that you don't know what is good for you. It's not that you don't know what you're supposed to do to get to where you're supposed to be. It's not that we don't have access to the resources that are supposed to make our life better. He said, but we insist on having our way. First Samuel chapter 8, reading from verse number 1, the Bible said, Now it came to pass, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Verse 4, Then all the elders of Israel came together, and came to Samuel at Ramah, and said to him, Look, you are old. And your sons do not walk in your way now make us a king to judge us like all the nations but the things displeased samuel when they said give us a king to judge us so samuel prayed to the lord the lord said to samuel "Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me that i should not reign over them now therefore heed their voice however You shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before him. Verse number 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, we will have a king over us. That we may be like all the other nations. And that our king may judge and go before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard the words of the people. And he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, hear their voice. Make them a king. There is a verse of the scripture. I think it's in uh, Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33. There the Bible tells us a very interesting thing. Ezekiel 33, verse 31. He said, They come unto thee as the people come, and they sit before you as my people, and they hear thy word, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness, which is basically what these guys have just done. From the verse of the scripture that we have read, you will notice number one. First thing we see is that Samuel was already an aging leader of the people of God. He was already getting old. The Bible says it came to pass that Samuel was old. Number two, we see the people had three reasons. They've already consulted together. They've already agreed on the argument that they were going to present before Samuel. They had excuses for the king. They said unto him, look, you are old. Your sons are not walking in your way. Now make us a king that will be like other nations. So those are the three reasons. Samuel, you are old. You can't do this anymore. Number two, your sons are not like you, so we can't trust them. Number three, we want to be like every other person. We don't want to be the odd man out. We don't want to be the people that people are laughing at. So they came with excuses for seeking their king. When they presented their request before Samuel, Samuel was displeased. Samuel was not happy. Because Samuel knew how God ordained him. What God wanted, Samuel knew it. And the nation of Israel knew it. God wanted them to be a nation that would be ruled by him and him alone. So Samuel was displeased and he prayed to the Lord. The Bible tells us in verse number 7 that the Lord Almighty responded to Samuel's prayer. The Lord just told him, hey, go ahead and give them what they want. They have not rejected you. They have not passed a they're giving you a negative mark. They have simply rejected me as God. And in verse number 9, we see God's warning to the people concerning their demand for a king. The Lord told them, give them what they want, but tell them this. That what they are asking for will have a consequence. If you insist on having it your way, there's going to be a repercussion. You are not just going to have it your way and just walk away like that. There is going to be a price to be paid for insisting on having your way. And from verse number 10 all through to verse number 18, Samuel listed all the things that will happen when they insist on having a king over them. Samuel told them that the person that they choose from among them was going to take their sons and daughters and make those sons and daughters his own servant. He said he's going to take their best harvest. He said he's going to take a tenth of their produce and he's going to tax them. And he's going to pile a burden upon their lives. He said this is what you guys are asking for in case you don't know. As soon as you choose yourself a king, these are the results that you are going to get. And the interesting thing is that after Samuel explained all this thing, It's just like somebody telling you this is what you are going to get if you do X, Y, Z. And the person said, okay, no problem. The Bible says that after someone explained all these things, the consequences of their action, the people still insisted. They still said, no, we want it. Yeah, we know this is bad. We want it. It's just like when you watch a cigarette advertisement and it tells you this thing can cause cancer. You still go to the gas station, you still pay for it, and you still smoke it. And then turn around and begin to blame somebody. But that's the story for another day. The point is that Samuel told them the consequences and they insisted on having a king. Bible tells us in verse number 19, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and they said no, but we will have a king over us. I want you to understand one thing about this decision. It is not that these people did not listen to Samuel. That's not the issue. They heard exactly what Samuel said. The real issue was that they would not. They just say, we hear you, but we will not do it. In other words, they came to Samuel with their minds already made. That's what they did. We want a king, regardless of what Samuel is going to say, this is what we are going to do. And there are many who come to church like that. They say, well, regardless of what you say, regardless of what the preacher preaches, this is what I am going to do. They have made up their minds. And that is why this was very, very grievous. And that's why the Lord told them, be aware of the consequences. Because if you call, I will not answer. And because people refused to be persuaded, the Bible said that the Lord gave the people what they wanted. He allowed them to have their way and he granted them their desires. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. Now, if you continue to read the story, the children of Israel, you will notice that they eventually got a king. They got King Saul. Everything appeared to be going on very well. Saul was leading them out in battles and they were doing what they were doing. The Bible tells us everything was relatively well under Saul, under David, the second king. But things started to change when Solomon showed up. The Bible tells us that the king that was supposed to preserve the godly heritage of his people... All of a sudden, Solomon started taxing the people to build his own pet projects. Started building all sorts of things all over the place. And he was taxing the people to do the building. The Bible tells us that Solomon started introducing the nation to strange gods. In 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us there. He said, but King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughters of Pharaoh, the women of the Moabites, the women of the Amorites, the Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites. For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wife turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. So Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father. One thing I want you to understand is that the leader's sin, the sin of a leader, is a leading sin. What does that mean? It means that whatever your leader is doing, is exactly what the people will do. And so as Solomon began to tax the people and lead them away from the Lord, the nation started drifting away. But that was just the beginning of the trouble of Israel with their king. The Bible tells us that by the time Solomon's son became king, that is Rehoboam, when he became king, the people were living under a very, very heavy burden. And they asked Rehoboam to ease the burden that Solomon has placed upon them. If you get to 1 Kings chapter 12, First Kings chapter 12, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, Your father made yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the burdens of service of your father and his yoke, which he put upon us, and we will serve you. In other words, we have been taxed to the point that we are no longer prospering, we are just surviving. Do something about it, release the burden. In response, Rehobam said to the people of God in verse number 14: He said, My father made your yoke heavy. But listen. I will add to that yoke. You think you are suffering? I will give you more. You think you have seen something? I am going to add on to it. My father made your yoke heavy. But I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with a whip. I will chastise you with a scourge. In other words, I am going to make your life Seriously miserable. You think you know misery? You will see what misery looks like. In other words, you thought things were difficult under my father Solomon. I, Rehoboam, will make things even worse for you. In just the space of a hundred years, 20 years of King Saul, 40 years of King David, 40 years of Solomon, everything that Samuel spoke about, that when you ask for your own will and you get it from the almighty God, there are serious consequences. Everything that Samuel said concerning Israel seeking a king came to pass within a space of a hundred years. The nation eventually was broken up, and the only reason why you had the nation of Judah was because of the promise of God to David. The nation was split into two the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. There was a rebellion in the kingdom. The king that Israel had demanded not only took their properties, made their lives miserable, the king that Israel stubbornly demanded turned the people against their God. My brothers and sisters, that is what happens when you insist on having your way. So sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's our own stubborn will. I will have my way. I will do what I want and nobody can change it. People come to church, they do exactly the same thing. They come to pastor for counseling. Pastor tells you because they can see or because of the leading of the Spirit of God says this direction that you're going, it's not good. But they insist That that is what they want to do. The question is, how did Israel get themselves in this mess in the first place? Who is to be blamed for this? The obvious answer is that Israel got himself in trouble because Israel demanded for a king. But beyond that, you will notice that Israel got in trouble because Israel departed from the preferred order that God has set in place. That is the reason. They departed from God's preferred order. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 19... Exodus 19 from verse number 6. He said, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. Not like any other kingdom. This is a nation that is different. A nation that is peculiar. A nation that is unique. He said, I want you to be a nation of priests. The intention of the almighty God was that he was going to be able to speak to the nation directly. He was going to be able to rule them directly. They forfeited the first one. When the Lord God Almighty came down at Sinai. And he wanted to speak to them. He said, sanctify yourself. The Lord came when they turned down the clan and everything. The people were so afraid. They said, no, don't talk to us anymore. Let Moses begin to do the talking. They forfeited the first right. God wanted to talk to all of them. They said, no, talk to Moses. Moses will come and talk to us. Now the Lord wanted to rule them directly. Same mistake again. No, don't rule us directly. Give us a king who will rule us directly. So they departed from the order, from God's order. That was how they got into problem. But most importantly, they got into the problem that they found themselves because they insisted on having their own way. They got in that condition because of their stubborn self-will. The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, we will have a king rule over us. And because they insist on having what they wanted from the Lord, despite the Lord's warning, the Bible tells us something. Proverbs chapter 29, reading from verse number 1, the Bible says, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. So when the Lord is telling you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and you insist on doing it, a day will come that we will just stop talking israel got itself into trouble because of their stubborn self-will and the question we've been talking about self-will now what do we mean when we say self-will what does it mean self-will is stubbornly doing what one wants to do despite the wishes and the admonition of other people when we tell you don't go here and you insist that is where you want to go that is what is called self-will self-will is refusing to change your opinion Or choose a different course of action, despite all the evidence to the contrary. When people are telling you don't invest in this business, it's not going to work out for you. Don't go after this boy. It's not going to work out for you. Don't marry that girl. It's not going to work out for you. Don't do this particular thing. And you insist on doing it. That is what is called self-will. And from the point of view of the Bible, self-will is what is referred to as perverted free will. Perverted free will. It means our free will is corrupted. And I say corrupted free will because we are free moral agents. you've heard me say this several times, God did not create robots. That's why you can think, I can think. That's why we can make choices. But when the freedom to make choices become corrupted, it turns into self-will. When our free will is guided by our own standard. Outside of the standard of God. When you do things based on your own knowledge. And you have no regard for the things of God. For what God says about what you are about to do. That is no longer free will. That is self-will. When our free will becomes guided only by our standard. Instead of God's standard. Our free will becomes misguided. When this happens. When our free will operates on only our own standard, We not only become misguided. We expose ourselves to the enemy of manipulation and destruction. What you are doing is that you are removing the hedges. That God places around you. And you allow the enemy to come. It's just like a parent that is telling a child. Don't do this please. Don't do this please. And the child insists on doing the same thing. At one point in time. The parent says okay no problem. I'll watch you. Which means I'll take away that covering that you have. I'll take away that defense that you have. I'll take away the things that I've been using to protect you. I'll take it away and allow you to face the consequences. And when you begin to face the consequences, you will realize that you're insisting on doing what you want comes at a price. So when our free will operate only by our own standard, we expose ourselves to the enemy. Because the Lord God Almighty takes away the covering. And that's why the Bible tells us, Jeremiah chapter 17, Verse number 19 tells us, if everything you do is based on what you are thinking, the Lord is telling us from the scripture. He said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You cannot rely on it. That's basically what the Lord is saying. If you are thinking about that, you're only going to guide yourself. Based on the way you are thinking. Based on your own knowledge. Based on your own understanding. Based on your own standard. The Lord is saying, remember that this heart that you are depending on, you cannot trust it. Because it is desperately wicked. And nobody can know it. Because the enemy can play with it. And in Isaiah chapter 45, in verse number 9, the Bible tells us, that "He a woe unto him who strives with his maker. When you argue with the Lord, the Lord said, go forward. He said, no, this is where I am going. Who are you? They call you ancient of this. That means you don't know what's happening. Come on. What's wrong with you? I am going to do what I want to do. Isaiah 45 from verse 9. He said, "Woe unto him that strive with his maker? And if you go to Zechariah chapter 7. Reading from verse number 11. The Bible says, But they refused to hearken. And pulled away the shoulder. And stop their ears. That they should not hear. Yea they made their heart as an adamant stone. Lest they should hear the law. And the words which the Lord of hosts. Has sent in his spirit. By the former prophet. Therefore came a great rot from the Lord of hosts. Say therefore it came to pass. That as he cried. And they will not hear. So they cried. And I will not hear. Says the Lord. In other words if you insist on having your way. I am telling you stop and you keep going I'm telling you don't do it and you insist on doing it he said the day will come when you will cry and say Lord help me I said oh boy I don't know you I tell you before in other words when you insist on having your way you expose yourself to the enemy for destruction the question is why do we insist on doing our own thing why as believers why? Why do we insist? Let me suggest to you. We insist because we think we know better. Samuel, you are old. Your sons don't know anything. So what is it? We know better. We should get our own guy who will help us. We think we know better. We think that we have the whole solution. We are well educated. We are well exposed. We have the internet. Google has all the answers. Since we know all these things, why do you need God? Why do you have to listen to him? Number two, we insist on having our way because we overestimate ourselves. Don't you know how many degrees I have? How many things I have studied? I just have only one paper. Only one paper to submit before I get my PhD. What's wrong with you? I know this thing. You don't know anything. The Bible tells us that I say to you, therefore by the grace that is given unto me, that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly as he ought to think. But many of us think that we are the gift of God to the world. That we are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread. That's how we see ourselves. And as such, we must have our way. Every other person's opinion is not good. Our opinion is the only good one. And then the only the third reason why we lost to have our way is because we think our needs supersede the needs of other people. Our needs are more important than their needs. After all, I need this thing. They don't need it. There are times when people do things. They request or they require you to live by a certain standard. And when you apply that standard to them, they don't want it. People will give you a standard that they themselves refuse to live by because they are more important. Their needs are more important and that is why we think that we should always have our way. We are now raising a generation of children, a generation of believers who do not believe that their need must ever be denied. Anything they point to must be given to them. If you don't give it to them, you have discriminated against their needs. If they are short, it's because you hate people who are short. If they are tall, it's because you have issues with tall people. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The idea is that our needs are more important. The other person is not important. So why should we listen to them? So when we live like this, my brothers and sisters, when we are self-willed, when we insist on having our way, we endanger ourselves. Because living a self-willed life is dangerous. It opens us to all sorts of nonsense from the enemy. It takes away the hedge of the almighty God. And why is it dangerous, my brothers and sisters? It is dangerous because it ignores the word of God. As a believer, if you insist on having your way, you are not the final authority. In case you don't know. The world does not revolve around you in case you don't know. But if you insist on having your way, you begin to ignore the word of God. Number two, you begin to live independent of God. Because after all, you can do it by yourself. Why do you need to listen to God? Not only that, when you insist on having your way, you become selfish and self-serving. Bible says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in loneliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than themselves. When you begin to insist on having your own way, when you become self-willed, you become selfish and you become self-serving. And people wonder why nobody wants to talk to them. We're not talking about God now. We are talking about normal human being. You are very selfish, you are very self-centered, and you wonder why you don't have friends. You wonder why your relationships are not lasting. You wonder why you are not getting the promotion at work. You are the only one that knows nobody can talk to you, and you want your boss to promote you. If that boss promotes you, something is wrong with the head. But that's the story for another day. So when we insist on having our way, we become selfish, we become self-centered. Not only that, we become blinded and irrational. Because you want to have your way. We don't listen to any other person's opinion. You don't hear the contrary view. You don't consider other points of view. You insist on having your way. You become blinded. We become irrational. And then finally, when we insist on having our way with the almighty God. When we insist on having our way with people. We become easily deceived and misguided. People just tell us what we want to hear. Because they know that you are going to do what you want to do. So why do they have to tell you the truth? And that is why you find out today, people have a million followers and yet they are very miserable. They have a lot of friends on Facebook and yes, there's nobody to talk to. They have a lot of people who are calling them, yes, they are this, they are that, but at the same time, they are the most loneliest people. This is a society or a generation where people are connected, but yet they are isolated. Because we insist on having our own way, we become deceived and misguided. Nobody wants to tell you the truth. Because if they tell you the truth, you are going to get angry. And when you get angry, you start demonizing them. you start saying that they are terrible. They are this, they are that. At the end of the day, you said, okay, they should cut them off. They must never live their life again. You take away their job. You take away their source of income. Because they disagree with you. Nobody wants to lose their job. After all, I still want to give milk to my daughter. So what do I do? You say, it is tall. I say, yes, it is tall. Is it five feet? No, 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 no. You are looking at it. It says 20 feet. So, I begin to embellish it for you to make you happy. Well, you yourself, you know. Our uh, people back home will say that in your are mo. In other words, when you are lying to somebody, two people cannot be in the dark. The person who is being told the lie may not know, but the person telling the lie knows. That's what it means. So, when we decide to have our own will, you begin to see people brown nosing. Kissing our behind. Telling us what we want to hear. But they try to make us happy. You yourself, because you want to do what you want to do. And you want to feel good. You keep accepting that. And they keep leading you on. They keep leading you on. At the end of the day, I don't know why people don't like me. Oh boy, you know. But that's a story for another day. So when we insist on having our way with the Lord and with our people, we deceive ourselves, we become misguided. And if we continue in this condition, continue insisting, the result is that the Lord will give up on you. The Lord gives up on us. Look at a friend that you know that doesn't listen to your advice. A friend who is always calling you when he wants to have something, and when you are telling them, they continue to argue. Why did you ask me if you already know the answer? Why are you telling me if you already know what you are going to do? Why are you calling me if you don't want to listen to what I have to say? At one point in time, have your way. Do it your own way. That's what God does. The Bible tells in the book of Genesis, my spirit will no longer strive with men. I'm not going to continue to argue with you. You want to do what you want to do? Hey, knock yourself out. So when we insist on having our way, the Lord gives up. Then if we continue to live like that, the Lord allows us to have our way. He gives in. Say, this is what you want to do? Go ahead and do it. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. That's what they want. Give it to them. And then number three, if we insist on doing that, after the Lord gives in, then the Lord will back off. Since you know how to manage it, do it yourself. Since you know all the answers, do it yourself. Since you can provide for yourself, go ahead and knock yourself out. The Lord Almighty backs up In verse number 18 of First Samuel chapter 8, the Bible says, And you will cry out in that day, after you have had your way. After you have enjoyed what you wanted. He said you shall cry out in that day. Because of your king. Whom you had chosen for yourself. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Because I'm going to step back. And I'm going to watch you. And then number four. If you insist on having our way with the Lord. The Lord withdraws his covering. You want to have it. You can protect yourself. You can take care of yourself. You can provide for yourself. I withdraw my covering. Bible tells us in Zechariah chapter 7. Reading from verse number 13, Therefore came to pass that as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and the Lord would not hear them. He withdraws from them. He just lets you have your way, withdraws, and just say, okay, take care of yourself. And as soon as the Lord God Almighty withdraws, what happened? The enemy moves in. The enemy comes in and he begins to do what he does. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, if you read from verse number eight, he said, he who digs a pit will fall into it. Who breaks through the wall will be bitten by the snake. And the wall is that particular wall of protection that the Lord puts around his people. He said he will give his angels charge over you. When you insist that you don't want the covering of the angels of the Almighty God. The Bible says he that dwells in the scriptures of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. When you refuse to dwell in there because it is too small. When you refuse to dwell in there because it is too restrictive. When you refuse to dwell in there because it is the ancient thing. It is not in the modern day. I want to be like every other person. When you get out of the covering of the Almighty God. You have broken the wall. And the enemy does what? (laughs) The enemy has an opportunity to strike and to deal with the people. When this happens, we say the devil is afflicting us. But we fail to realize that we are the one that invited the enemy into our lives.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee.